What was that, Holly? What did you say? Did, oh, no. you, did you tell a joke? <laughs> <laughs> These buttons are fun. Welcome, everyone, to our weekly discussion podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. Thanks for joining us this week as uh, we kick off another week uh, looking at uh, s- some of the larger context of our of our uh, Free Methodist family. Yeah. And man, this week I'm really excited for our for our, uh, for Sunday morning because we have a really special guest with us. Yes. And it he's amazing. Upon hearing this podcast, you will have already heard uh, Kevin Austin. The director of Set Free uh, on what is called Freedom Sunday. Yes. And so Kevin Austin is, uh, yeah, the director of the Set Free movement of the of the Free Methodist Church. It's a global ministry in the Free Methodist Church, and uh, it works uh, to combat. I mean, it works on a lot of different levels, but Set Free works to really see ju- it's it's uh, driven by justice issues, particularly around. Uh, issues of uh, of trafficking, human trafficking, and combating that across the world um, in a lot of really amazing ways. Yes, for sure. And I I know you know if you've if you've listened to uh, the message already, then you've heard this from Kevin. But I love his story. I love yeah. that 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 he that God placed on his heart this uh, need that he saw in the world that he saw firsthand through his uh, through his work and. Um, this need for justice, really, uh, which he pursued, and then brought that vision to the Free Methodist Church and said, "Look at this need, and we are, you know, God is calling us to do something yeah. about that." And it has grown, as you said, to this global uh, yeah. movement. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, one of the things that really it connects well with who we are as a, as a movement yes. is the Free Methodists, in a, in a lot of ways, were driven by by justice issues, freedom issues from our very beginning, back yeah. in 1860, August 23rd, 1860, is, is, is officially when the Free Methodist denomination <laughs> started. And it started with five unique uh, freedoms. Mm-hmm. That's why we're called Free Methodists, is uh, highlighting these five specific uh, kind of f- freedom aspects. Right. And one of those was that the early Free Methodists were abolitionists mm-hmm. and sought to really right the wrong of slavery, right. uh, recognizing the value of every person and that the slavery as an institution was wrong mm-hmm. and so fought against that. And so that was one of the the distinct freedoms of free Methodists. And so I think in a lot of ways, Kevin, Kevin and Attell, his wife, um, they, uh, they, this ministry that they lead uh, is just in very close alignment with, with those free distinctives of, of who we are as the beginning of a denomination more importantly, I think, with the idea of justice in Scripture. <laughs> right, absolutely, which is why we were abolitionists to begin with, right. right? In 1860, you can imagine that was a yeah. pretty significant issue in the United States. But it remains a significant issue in the world today. In fact, there are more slaves in the world today than at any other point right. in history. And um, But but they are more hidden, at least from our Western view. And so yeah. um, so important to address this. And I just am so appreciative of Kevin for uh, taking up that mantle and, and, and leading the way. Yeah. You know, there's uh, Pastor Holly is leading a group, a set-free group mm-hmm. uh, here at Crossview, which is going to start here really soon. Uh, and so if you are interested um, in mo- for, for more information and getting to learn more about slavery in mm-hmm. our world today, 
what we can do globally, what we can do locally, and some really great uh, kind of best practice kind of things. Uh, that group is going to dive into that yeah. uh, with Kevin's help and all the resources and learning that that they have done on the set on the global level with Set Free. Uh, so it's really really exciting to be able to dive a little bit more into that. Like you said, Pastor Holly, there's an estimated uh, 40 million slaves in our world today. Wow, Isn't that crazy, it's an unfathomable number. Yeah, it's yeah. unfathomable. Slavery is a huge money-making business. About $150 billion is generated annually. Uh, and slavery usually um, takes the forms of sex slavery and labor slavery mm-hmm. and can be found in a variety of different industries. Uh, domestic labor, agriculture, forestry, construction, manufacturing, hospitality, and there's more. Yeah. Yeah, it's tremendous, and and I, I've just been reading about the um, the slavery or the slave like conditions found in our textile industries, and mm. and how um, that affects. I mean, ever, the clothes that we wear are yeah. uh, you know largely made by people living in conditions like that. So it's re- it's really very very pervasive, and um, yeah, and and but but we can do something about it. Yeah, we can. I mean, and it's uh, none of us are um I mean, we are all aware of people who are vulnerable mm-hmm. around us and particularly in our society. This this is and it's and if you think you live in a place where this doesn't happen, that's just not true. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this happens all over the place. We happen to live in a city in Seattle where this is a significant issue. Yes. And so yeah, it, it it is in the in the city of Seattle, as you said, and but also you know here in our our little town of Snohomish, where we might think this would not be an issue because it's a quiet town, everyone knows one another, it's a historic town, it's lovely, it's beautiful. Surely this can't be an issue here, but it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I think you know this can often feel like such an overwhelming. Uh, problem in particular. And so oftentimes when we feel overwhelmed by something, the enormity of something, even if you begin to take action, it almost feels like a drop in the bucket where you don't feel like you can solve the problem. And so I think a lot of people will say, well, I don't know what to do. Right. So that leads us to do nothing. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, I mean, that just happens. We don't want to do that. And so what we're doing here at Crossview, what uh, what Kevin is doing globally is, I think, what our first step is to just get some, do some learning, get yes, some education, sure. mm-hmm. um, become more aware of what's happening in our particular town, and then begin to ask the questions, how can we help? What can we do in very particular ways where we can be part of the solution. Right. Uh, and I think this is a good first step. That's right. And you you mentioned that, you know, we can feel like our efforts might be just a drop in the bucket. And that may be true, but each individual who is who is trapped in slavery is in that greater picture of global trafficking is also a drop in the bucket of yeah. global trafficking. And so each drop yeah. <laughs> hit it out matters, yes. right? Each That's person right. matters and each effort matters. And what I love about Set Free is while they're they're greater uh, mission is to see human trafficking end. Uh, the way that they do that is by addressing root causes. Yes. That is something we can all do. And we're talking about things like poverty and racism and gender inequality and yeah. things along those lines, um, uh, abuse and addiction and um, you know things that, that result in kids being in foster care and just yeah. all of those things that make people vulnerable to trafficking. Yeah. So so that's what we want to do here. Yeah. What are the root causes here in our community and how can we address those? Absolutely. 
you know, and I think Pastor Holly, you are making this transition great here for us in our <laughs> conversation, which is even though, you know, um, we, we kind of have started our conversation talking about a particular type of issue. It really does. And this is where I love what Kevin is doing and Set Free is doing, that uh, they're really concerned with the larger issue of injustice. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, inequality on so many different levels and figuring out ways to address those kind of larger root causes. Yeah. This is great because this is the third this is the third value that we're looking at in our series on the free Methodist way, which the value is called love driven justice. And I think it begins with us really seeing other people for who they are. Yes. It's this idea of of not <laughs> not demonizing, not you know, objectifying, right. but seeing each person as made in the image of God and wanting to see wholeness and completeness uh, in the lives of each person and in our society. Um, in uh, our in the article that's written on this uh, Free Methodist Way step by Bishop Matt Whitehead, he writes this, God's call, the Free Methodist Way, uh, so God's call uh, to go where people are hurting and marginalized is at the heart of love-driven justice. This value of the Free Methodist Way is that love is the way that we can demonstrate God's heart for justice by valuing the image of God in all men, all women, and children, acting with compassion toward the oppressed and resisting oppression in all its forms and stewarding creation. Mm. Beautiful. Wow, that's so important, That seeing that image of God. I I read, um, oh, just earlier this week, uh, a, a quote that said that that to join God in in His action in history uh, is to um, to make and keep humans human. Uh, to, <laughs> so good. to see that uh, that humanity, which is the image of God, that's one of the things that makes us humans. Right? Is that yes. we're create? We're not. We, we, we maybe scientifically, zoologically, is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. Animals, but. Um, we're mammals, but we are created in the image of God, that's right. and that's what makes us human. human. So God right. made us human, and and His redemptive work uh, and pursuit of justice is keeping us human. Yes, and that's so good. Even though you know, uh, so sometimes we try to be funny and tell our kids if we go to the zoo, we're going to drop them off with their original parents, right. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey cage. The yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes they climb around the house like it. Yes, My exactly. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but I like what you said. Um, the it's this idea of this kind of holistic kingdom vision rooted in right relationships with God, right? Yeah. In fact, um, a, another part of this uh, this article, which takes us into this other, um, that I think I'm so thankful that the the value that's being addressed here from our denominational leadership is really trying to bridge what has been an ideological divide between mm-hmm. the idea of justice and social action. Yeah. That those can't be necessarily separated, mm-hmm. but we need to think about it correctly. And so Bishop Whitehead writes this, we also must be aware of a significant challenge as we think about our call to love-driven justice, mistakenly believing that social justice is the gospel. And I think he begins to address the, um, you know, there's been quite a, conversation over the years yeah. about the idea of social justice. It's not necessarily been, for some people, that's, it could be a trigger idea or a trigger right. word. Uh, but um, so 
Uh, we must be aware of the significant challenge as we think about our call to love-driven justice, mistakenly believing that the social justice is the gospel. Social justice focuses on justice in terms of distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society, according to the Oxford Dictionary. When we believe this to be the gospel, it becomes equally um, separatist and excuses us from evangelism, believing that social justice alone is the key to freedom for all. And I love this here. He writes, a holistic kingdom vision is rooted in right relationships with God, which flow into experiencing and promoting right relationships among people and in society. Yes. Isn't that great? Yes. So the idea of love-driven justice, as we embody that as a free Methodist church, is first understanding who we are as as daughters and sons made in the image of God. Yeah. That being needing focusing on right relationships with that, leading to the right kind of relationships among other people and in society. Yes. That's what the work of justice is, is to renew all of that. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, what does scripture say? To, that that God wants to see justice, let justice roll down like a mighty river, right? Yeah. So probably one of the most, Martin yes. Luther King Jr. made that one of the most famous statements about justice, but it came from scripture. And um, and when I think about that image of the mighty river, right, that's, that's, um, that's not a stagnant thing that justice no. is just being poured out of. It is, um, it's dynamic. That river is receiving um I would say the the love of God and yes. is in that relationship with God. That's the, the the receiving of the river, and then it can pour, then it can yes. flow into others. Um, but it's not it's not a puddle, no, right? It's not a, a stagnant lake somewhere <laughs> that because then it would run dry. Yeah. So we have to. It has to have that relationship. We have to be in that relationship and receiving the love of God and focused, uh, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, our our justice will just be works. That's and right. That's not sustainable. No, yeah. I mean, the work uh, justice is a major theme in all of Scripture. Yes. It's a major part of the character and attribute of who God is. God is a, is is a God of justice, and part of that that we see through that throughout the story of Scripture is God uh, working toward justice. Yeah, working toward making all things right renewing people, restoring lives, uh, looking out for the oppressed and those who are disadvantaged in some way. Um, I love it. Our, the, this article continues, biblical, uh, biblical love-driven justice is the conjoining of evangelism and compassionate action. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not mutually exclusive. As God moves toward us in compassion and mercy, we are transformed by his love and then find ourselves driven toward those on the margins of society. Jesus got up close and personal with the marginalized, and there he demonstrated his grace, love, and mercy. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, we have a tradition as free Methodists of running to the margins mm-hmm. and uh, seeing those who are often not seen or you know pushed to the edges of our society yeah. and doing whatever we can to uh, <laughs> renew, restore their situation, yes. help them understand uh, their own made in the image of God's status. Right. Uh, and that, so taking loving, so what we say here across you, this also connects with the second part of our discipleship pathway, is we believe as we, as God begins to shape and form us, as we encounter Jesus, as we encounter scripture, we're transformed and our transformed lives, one of the first things that we do is take loving action on behalf of other people. Yeah. 
that's that second step for us, which is serving others. And so we try to do that in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, the heart behind that here is this this justice component that we want to see the world made right. Right. This is holistic justice. This is love-driven justice, where we are rooted in Jesus, when we're rooted in the gospel. And then from that, in response to uh, to God's love and in response to our own um, understanding of our identity as as people made in the image of God, then we can pour that out into uh, into the lives of others and invite them, most importantly, invite them into that same life-giving relationship, uh, which is that connection between justice, uh, social justice, yeah. and uh, and evangelism. Yeah. It's, it's the gospel lived out. It's the gospel lived out. Yeah. And I think maybe, Pastor Holly, another thing that can be difficult about this is that it's oftentimes messy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say every time. Every time. <laughs> because you, you have to be willing to uh, be uncomfortable. Yes. Uh-huh. In a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're entering into a particular situation that's just uncomfortable. Uh, you're encountering people who, um, you know, whose situations might make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the idea of taking a step outside of your of your home or having conversations with people you don't know. Or uh, we encounter those kind of situations here at the church often, yeah. where we hear stories and we have to try to parse. Uh, what's best? What's the best way forward here? And sometimes it's very difficult. And there's there's messiness of of different uh, different types of maybe abusive situations that you're working through. Yeah. Uh, and the, it's not always clear what the best way forward is. Right. And so we have to discern and pray and figure out. We have some best practices that we do here to try to help people forward in some particular situations. Yeah. It can be hard to enter into those kinds of things because people are messy. People are messy. We're messy. I'm messy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> totally. Me too. That's relationships are messy for sure. But I think that that I think that that recognizing the mess is really key because if we have maybe a, a system in place that is uh, one steps one two three and yeah. that fixes at each and every situation and it's glossy and pretty, we're probably not doing right, doing right. it right. Yeah, and right. in fact, we're exactly. probably causing more harm yes. uh, than good. So if if the answers that we have to the social ills of the world are are very simple and easy and straightforward, they're probably not helpful. Yeah, um, because. The brokenness of the world is not a quick and easy fix. Right. It's not. It's not a neat little problem. Right, and that you just mentioned. I mean, you use the word brokenness, which is which is another difficulty for us wanting to enter into situations. Is yeah. sometimes you you encounter situations that are so heartbreaking. Yes. That you just want to run away. Yeah. And we cannot do that. Right. Jesus didn't do that, and we cannot do that. Right. Um, and so, it's really important that. As followers of Jesus, we step into the difficulty and suffering of life with other people, and it means that we're going to experience that as well. Yeah, We can enter into life with people and try to just be with them in their pain, uh, knowing that it's the Lord, it's Jesus who's going to be the one to bring the deliverance and freedom and salvation and, and justice and, and righteousness yeah. You know that, that he has been working or in this world from the beginning of the story. Right. Yeah. And that's another reason why it's so important for us to stay connected, to stay abiding yeah. in Jesus and to um, to 
make our first focus, our primary focus, that relationship uh, with God, that um, where where our our spiritual formation is um, is a primary focus. Because if we don't um, have that, then we will not have the power to stay in those painful situations. Right. We will burn out. We will, yes. we will be scared out. But the love-driven justice is what we're talking about, yeah. and the love part of that is what empowers us to stay in those yes. messy situations, And because we can't do that on our own. That's right. Um, it's too overwhelming. It's yeah. too hard yeah. and uh, too painful. So uh, I think that that connection, that ongoing abiding uh in God and and uh, with the focus on his love is what keeps us able to be in those situations. Yeah. I I think I would say another thing that we need to be willing to do when we're thinking about love-driven justice is be willing to step back from maybe some of the uh kind of the <laughs> more uh kind of difficult divisiveness of some of the hot button topics of our culture yeah and try to to be able to step back and ask where how am I seeing people yeah in these situations because when you start talking about things like racism mm-hmm. or you start talking about you know things like poverty or addictions or some of these other things uh, that have you know been really kind of a primary kind of hot button issues uh, in our culture in the last, you know, year and a half, couple of years, we quickly, I'll overgeneralize, I like to (laughs) overgeneralize, people quickly, I think, nowadays just tend toward a, they just quickly snap to whatever their view, their cultural view is on a particular issue. Yeah. And obviously language is difficult because we talked about it before. There's things that we can say uh, that will just make you think of something. So particularly, you know, in the conversation around race recently, yeah. uh, you have all of these things kind of, uh, is, is systematic racism, you know, systematic racism, uh, you know, the conversation around critical race theory right. and all of those yeah. kinds of things just quickly get people to, to take a stand. Right. And I think we need to just be able to, to take a step back and to be able to ask what's, What's happening? How am I seeing people in this? Yeah. And how am I driven by the Lord to love other people in these particular situations? How are they seeing the world around them? How are they experiencing that? Yeah. Do we listen uh, and do we love people? And are we driven to compassionate action? Right. And I think you just hit the nail on the head there with your question of do we listen? Because yeah. in this culture, I think we're all experiencing a lot of stress and a, and a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of pain yeah. in our culture right now due to a, a many of the events of the last couple of years. <laughs> and the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic doesn't really help that, right? right. So there's a, there's a lot of stress. Stress levels yes. are high. And along with that, uh, we do tend to kind of drive our stake, and um, and there's a lot of shouting, and there's not yeah. very much listening. Right. So I think the call of of Jesus uh, here would be: Are you are you listening? Uh-huh. Are you can you quiet yourself uh, long enough to hear uh, what to hear others' pain? Yeah, uh, really is is what we're listening for. Yes. Where is the world hurting? Yes, and and if we're shouting and if we're just clinging to our um, our opinion, our tribe, or whatever right. it is, then we're not 
seeing right. the hurt around us and we're not listening for it either. So that would, I think that's just so important. Are we listening? Right. Jesus did that often when he was faced with situations that that culturally or politically were really black and white. Yeah. He wouldn't necessarily just quickly uh, go one way or the other. Often the, the Pharisees would present Jesus with a fight or flight situation. Yeah. And Jesus came at it a completely different way in a way that that really highlighted his love for people and his yes. love for God. And then he asks us to do the same thing. Right. And sometimes that can be very difficult to see yeah. when we're when we're hot about something. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's one of my favorite things about reading about the life of Jesus is when the Pharisees or other authorities would present him with these these, you know, gotcha issues, these catch 22s. Yeah. And he would, you know, maybe he'd start doodling in the sand or he'd be like tell you a story. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. I love that. That was that's just the best. Yeah, yeah. so good. Well, we'll just uh, end our our conversation here with a thought again from Bishop Whitehead's article, and uh, he asked this great question. I mean, this the idea of love driven justice is just it's all of these things are part of who we are as free Methodists, but the part of what it means to follow Jesus. What I've loved about these so far, both from life giving holiness from the first week, Christ compelled a multiplication from the yeah. second week. We're trying to do our best to understand this language and what these things mean. But Bishop Wrighthead writes this, wherever you find yourself on the social or political spectrum, we're asking you to consider recasting your theology, realizing that justice is a biblical issue birthed in the heart of God. We call you to recommit your life to modeling Jesus's love-driven ways, knowing that Christ in you is the hope of glory for the poor, oppressed, the widow, the fatherless, the foreigner, and orphan. And finally, we implore you to rethink our understanding of equity. Equitable treatment of all people is God's way of justice, driven by holy love. So, so, so good. So good. We've only touched on just a few things that were in that article. So we want to, again, just encourage you to go read it. Uh, we will be posting all of this stuff as resources for our weekly devotions. Uh, and you'll see links to all of this at the bottom of that, underneath where you can listen to our discussion here. And so we just, uh, we're, we're excited and thankful for Kevin Austin and the work that he's doing. And we're so thankful for uh, our, our denominational leaders highlighting this very, very important issue of yes. who we are as free Methodists, but as followers of Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So blessings on your week. I pray that the Lord speaks to you in meaningful ways around this topic. Okay, bye. Maybe we should put that in times where we don't know what to say. That's right.